0: I don't really get starstruck, because at the end of the day, they are just another human, and I see them as that. It's so wild to then be like, okay, this is just an ordinary human who has a talent, and you just put them on a stage in front of people, and it's this weird transformative experience, because it is hard to get through it without losing who you are, what you are. All the- It is so hard.
1: This is the Humans of Gaming podcast, an open and honest conversation about games, life, and belief.
2: Hey, this is Drew Dixon from Humans of Gaming and Love Thy Nerd, and I'm the chief content nerd at Love Thy Nerd and uh, other nerd stuff. Nerd, nerd, nerdy, nerd. (laughs) Hey, Chris, how are you? (laughs)
1: Hey, I'm Chris Gwaltney, uh, the other host here with Humans of Gaming. And with this show, we like to find people in the games industry, whether video games or board games, and just get to know them as people and hear what makes them tick and Yeah, learn all about them and hopefully you get to learn about them and um, realize that there are living, breathing people behind the games that
2: we love. And also that you get to see there are like just some amazing things happening in the world of gaming that you might not know about and that you might not understand. And um, I really was excited about this discussion because um, we've been working with this person personally for, for years now
3: Mm -hmm. and,
2: um, really appreciate her friendship and her, um, just the work she does for our organization. Um, and you know, it's funny, you can work with people for a long time and then like never really hear their story. If you skip that, that part in Mm -hmm. early in your relationship, it can feel awkward to go back to it. Like, Oh, Hey, tell me, Tell me about you like where you grew yeah, up yeah, and, yeah. and and your experiences with religion or whatever like those things are just not going to come up sometimes if you don't get that early on and so mm-hmm. we had Kate Catawkee on who is um what is her official title
1: Chief Social Media Nerd she's also one okay, of our co-founders sure with yes. LCN um, yep. <clears throat> yeah it's uh so you know for us to get to know our friends
2: we just had to start a podcast i guess yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> apparently, well, yeah, it's, it cool. you know, it's a bummer too because of COVID. Like, we just haven't been able to hang out with mm-hmm. our our staff in person. The best we've been able to do is you know um, Zoom or um, Discord. It. So yeah, yeah. Um, so it was cool getting to hang out with Kate and have an in depth conversation with her, and she has a pretty crazy story. Like, <laughs> just a uh, a teaser here. Like she. She was a Disney pop star for a while. <laughs> she's,
1: she's LTN's <laughs> very own Disney princess. That's our, right. So, our Kate, our Kate, yeah. Kate Katawaki.
2: So we dig into that and how we were able to steal her from Disney with, uh-huh. at, for Love Thy Nerd.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it was good to just like learn new things about her and hear things yeah. that i hadn't heard before. And it just, I mean, it reminds me that everyone has a story, even people that you think you know really well. Um, Mm -hmm. they still have stories and they still have motivations and fears and desires and passions and all that stuff. It, um, yeah, that kind of stuff really creates extra empathy in me, um, for other people. So hopefully it does the same for you in listening to this.
2: And Kate's super, also just like super funny and really yeah. easy to talk to. Yeah. So um, I think you, I think everyone will really enjoy this one. So, yep. without further ado, here's our conversation with our very own LTN co-founder and chief social media nerd, Kate Katowaki. Enjoy, Kate Katowaki, How are you?
0: I am amazing.
2: Wow. <laughs> Wait, <whoa. laughs>
0: Actually, I haven't been. I haven't felt like that good in a while, but. Today's a pretty good day. Did
2: you just wake up on the right side or what?
0: Yeah, I did. I think I did. And I had pizza for lunch.
2: Oh, nice. I uh, I went sledding at lunch. That's kind of a new thing. Really? That normally normally get to do, yeah.
0: Are you good oh. at sledding?
2: Uh, yeah. <laughs> 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 okay. I don't think I've ever heard
1: anyone ask that question before. Because I didn't know that there was like a range of skills oh, yeah, there is. for, for sure. <laughs> sledding.
0: That's why I'm asking is to... To be good at
2: sledding, you just have to like not care if you get hurt. Uh I think it's kind of... That's how you be good. Kate, have you been sledding?
0: I've been sledding a couple times. I am not good at sledding. I'm just going (laughs) to come out and say it. I'm not good at sledding. My grandparents had this cabin where it snows sometimes there. And so they would take us and we would go like sledding down these very short but extremely steep hills. So it was kind of a rough landing when you get to the bottom.:
1: So are you like bad at sitting on a thing?
0: Well, <laughs> I guess so because I always end up like spinning around with my back facing like front where I need to go. But no, that's a problem.: I've been seeing some people sledding videos on, you know, Facebook, and none of them have been doing that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we would quite a bit today like just it's not um the, we have a hill pretty close to our house that we can just walk to which is great because anytime it snows in middle tennessee you just don't want to be on the roads because people freak out because it happens so so rarely um so not because i would be afraid to drive on snowy or icy roads but because i don't trust other people but thankfully we can just walk over to this hill but we got a ton of like ice kind of like sleety type stuff. And then snow came later on top of that. So like, but it's a thin layer of snow and then underneath that's just a bunch of ice. So it was like super (laughs) slick and like you could not control that sled uh, for anything. You just basically jumping on the sled and praying it goes. Okay. (laughs)
0: It works out. I guess I don't have any snow experience like in life. I've lived in California, Southern California my entire life. We barely know what to do when it rains here. So when no. <laughs> I don't know the first thing of what to do with snow.
1: So, uh, you know, this is this is called Humans of Gaming. So we want to talk about uh, Kate's influence and involvement in gaming culture. Uh, she's one of our fellow fellow LTN founders. Kate, tell us about that.
0: I am a founder of LTN, co-founder. Great job. Um, it's, it's been a good ride. And... Wait, wait, are you
1: resigning right now? <laughs> no.
0: no, it's awesome. I really love being a part of LTN in this capacity. Um, I feel honored to work with you guys, even Matt and Bubba, my <laughs> free play podcast co hosts. I will say that a nice thing about them on this podcast. Yeah, I just, it's crazy because <laughs> it's crazy that I get to be on this podcast right now because the previous iteration of this podcast is what got me into gaming in this way really and
1: I don't think I knew that
0: really I didn't know that either okay well it's a good story because I was thinking I was thinking about it last night while I couldn't go to sleep because I was excited to be on this (laughs) so I I'd been having a really bad like winter just like super depressed just really struggling and I'm like I need to learn something to make my brain you know wake up and be used so I typed into the Apple podcast search bar religion and video games the Game Church podcast came up. I'm like, wow, this is really sweet. I didn't know anyone really like talked about this stuff with games. So mm-hmm. I listened to every mm-hmm. single episode. I I was a Drew Dixon fan. Just
2: in one sitting?
0: Not, oh. in, not in one sitting. No, 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 no. Just like spread out. This is out. a big deal. Then I was like, we never
2: had a Drew Dixon fan <laughs> yeah, on this podcast. I'm, a true,
0: Drew Dixon <laughs> no, I'm not fan. even
2: a Drew
1: Dixon fan.
0: <laughs> I was like, what is Game Church? Looked it up. Mm. I was like, oh, that's a cool shirt. I bought the shirt. <laughs> Shirt arrived was, at my house. Do you house. remember like what
2: the first podcast uh, that you listened to, the Game Church podcast?
0: It might have been the one with Ken Levine because I had just played Bioshock Infinite. That was a
2: popular one. Oh, nice. One. That was a cool so, one. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it was. It was super cool. So I bought a Game Church shirt and it arrived at my house and the return address was a location that's 10 minutes from my house.
2: And that's how we met, Kate. So you immediately drove to that <laughs> yes. location. Yeah,
0: I immediately drove <laughs> there. Yeah, and in in the package with the shirt was a hand drawn stick figure by chris Quilney. <laughs> It's
1: just that personal touch you know it just goes along yeah way. It, and look here it, now you're it, founder <laughs> of ltn yeah so, it so
0: i and then i asked you if i could write something for the site and pitched him like one good idea one bad idea and wrote for game church and then kind of got involved there and started doing like social media and stuff there and podcasting which was really cool <laughs> kate
1: <laughs> guess what i just found what? i just searched my email for kate because I remember the email. You sent me an email. This was in 2016. <laughs> 2016. What does it say? <laughs> I mean, it's pretty boilerplate. Hey, oh, okay. Chris, my okay. name is Kate Katowalki. I've been part okay. of Game Church for a little over a year, maybe a year mm. and a half.
0: Okay. I've written
1: a couple articles for the site, lurked around on the city, Facebook. I'm uh-huh. a dedicated podcast listener and played a Friday See? game night every now and then. Blah, blah, blah. That's you all basically I said? <laughs> so well, the subject was, I want to help Game Church. So this was when you, I think because you talked about like social media stuff and then we started talking Uh social media stuff and then you started doing like social media for Game Church.
0: Yeah. And now here I am with Love Thy Nerd and the two of you, my hero Drew Dixon, (laughs) we're here.
2: (laughs) Wow. It's amazing. What a ride.
0: It's just such a random thing. The way that it went down is so Mm -hmm. random and interesting. (laughs)
1: <laughs> you, know. you came to the office too didn't you like we met yeah you came I did. by the office and we met there
0: but it just goes to show
2: like you know i don't know this little moments that can really shape our our lives like mm-hmm. i had a similar story of how i kind of got involved with game church like um somebody told me this you know uh, uh just I, I can't remember where i heard it or, <clears throat> but somebody was like hey have you heard about this uh this gaming ministry that gave out beer at E3 and I was like that's weird and crazy and I want to talk to these people so I like looked up uh, Mikey Bridges who was the founder of, of, of Game Church and like just emailed him and said hey I want to interview you for I was writing for Christmop Culture I was an editor for uh, Christmop Culture at the time and uh, that led to me then uh working for game church and um you know all obviously like game church is what brought us all together and mm-hmm. love thy nerd wouldn't exist, I don't think, or for sure wouldn't exist if it weren't for all of us connecting through through Game mm-hmm. Church. Um which we don't talk about a ton on this show or even at Love Thy Nerd or whatever, just because um I don't know. Just doesn't come up a ton, I guess. Um but I think it's important to like yeah. sort of acknowledge and remember uh, those things and um yeah I'm I'm really it's it's just crazy the way that we're all sort of brought together I think.
0: Yeah, it is.
2: And wild. you so
1: <laughs> for LTN, you're a founder. What do you do for LTN?
0: I am the chief social media nerd and I am a co-host and producer of the Free Play podcast.
1: Yeah. yeah. Uh, does she do a good job, Drew? Oh yeah, for <laughs> sure.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, Kate, Kate, I will say this, Kate is like just super steady, I feel like. You can always Thank count you. on We can always count on you. Yeah. You always do good work like um also I, I say... think like uh free, you know, you bring a lot of like fun to our team as well. Mm. Like just I think we have a lot of fun because you're on the team and like the free play podcast. Uh, you guys are hilarious and fun <laughs> to listen to. Mm-hmm. It's just a super uh, enjoyable listen. I feel like um,
0: we love to and, have uh, fun. That's for sure.
2: And I mean, think how lame that podcast would be if it was just Matt and Bubba. Oh my god! I mean. Well, that's, that's basically Matt and Bubba in the morning <laughs> on the Twitch thing. Look how lame that is. <laughs>
0: Oh, nothing like a good Totally roast. kidding. Yeah, I'm going I'm to spend my entire time on this podcast roasting them. Uh, I'm,
1: <laughs> look, I'm here that's for why, that. That's why you're here. That's, I'm that's here for That's the that. true purpose. I would totally concur with that, Drew. Like Kate, I really I put Kate and April in, in this category that I think the other four of us, you know, me, Drew, Matt, and Bubba aren't in in that they're very consistent planning, like thoughtful people where the other <laughs> four of us are kind of just like, Fly by the seat of our pants and hope everything works out, kind of people. Um, And it makes a really good balance (laughs) when we listen to them. But that's Mm, well, I'm glad glad you enjoy uh,
0: working with me. It's been been a pleasure and an honor. And um, it's been an honor, sir. Guess I'll leave. All
2: right.
0: <laughs> I'll leave now. you, know, you
2: later. We, we don't, like, I guess we had April Lynn on a while back, but mm-hmm. this is only the second time we've had a founder on. Well, you, you and, and I, I interviewed each other. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Priorities, I guess. <laughs> but, uh, but we don't have... That's not that's not a normal episode is for us to have someone from love from our own organization on. But yeah. we wanted to do this because we feel like it's a good way to sort of introduce people to the people that make LTN and Go and mm-hmm. make it tick and make it work. Um, and so yeah, I'd just be curious to hear from you just sort of about your experience with our organization. We're like three ish years old now, um, as an organization. What do you love about Love Lanyard? What what why do you why do you keep doing this? Because it's like, you know, you don't get it's paid for a lot. not paycheck, uh, I'll tell <laughs> you <pay> that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> None of us get paid very much at all. Oh. Um, and it's a lot of work. Um, it's a lot of fun, but it's a lot of work. Yeah. So what, like, what? why do you do this?
0: I think, well, one thing that's like meaningful to just me personally with it is that viewing, I mean, I'm predominantly a video game nerd. I'm not super into tabletop stuff, but... Uh, Having not just me, but other people kind of like see the value in games and Mm -hmm. what can be taken away from that, what could be like learned, what could be observed and kind of applied to like a bigger picture of like, okay, what does this mean? Like a lot of people mm. are like, there's no value in games. You just sit there in front of the TV and that's that. And everyone wants you to like get off the couch and get a job. It's like, that has that's not, that's not it at all. And I think that one thing that we do really well is to try to help people who maybe aren't in that like circle of gamer nerds to understand the stuff that goes on mm. and why these games are so important and valuable to the people that play them.
2: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. And I, uh, I, that, you know, it's kind of, it's cool that that's still something that motivates you because that's kind of what like connected you to, yeah. to game church in the first place. Mm-hmm. So it's still like a, a driving, motivating thing for you.
0: Yeah. Um, it really what is. What do you
2: hate? What do you hate about working <laughs> with love Um,
0: there's a couple of people on staff that I just, there's
2: two things that come to mind.
0: Yeah. There's, um,
1: one's named Matt and one's named Bubba.
0: no well i guess the what i hate well i don't really hate it but i spend a lot more money on games because (laughs) Mm -hmm. i I need to be like playing games to like talk about them for the podcast Mm -hmm. and like all this stuff so like my husband came into my office maybe a couple weeks ago and looked at all my playstation games lined up because i'm like oh look it's like my little collection and he goes you have a lot of these <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Oh no!"
2: <laughs> and that's when he went out and bought the fancy new bike, uh, bike of his. Yes,
0: he bought a new bike to make up for all of the games. No way, the bike was <laughs> way more expensive than all my. I was going
2: to say, yeah, that doesn't seem like a fair trade.
0: And really, I don't have that many. But he's not used to seeing games. Yeah, <laughs> like he's not a gamer and He's not really
2: all. a ga- right? Yeah, not at all. I was
0: going to say, not at all. So it's kind of a where he kind of doesn't really understand. 100% like he wouldn't say that like my grandpa had this story that he would tell all of us grandkids that if you played video games and sat in front of the TV you would grow a third eye in the middle of your forehead and it couldn't be taken away <laughs> So he, and get what taken away he, he, you couldn't get the eye removed like there was nothing you oh, could do to get it removed once gosh. it grew so you have to not watch TV and play games Wow. So
2: <laughs> that's thanks. actually true thanks so- grandpappy
0: yeah, that's a nice little look into Yikes. my family.
2: <laughs> so, he still says
0: it to this day. It's like, oh okay, it's not going to happen. We know it's not real now.
2: Yeah. You proved otherwise. You're like, I've proved that theory. Yeah. <laughs> wrong.
0: It's wrong. It's wrong. Just look at all my games.
1: <laughs> what are you playing right now? Like, what are you into right now?
0: Well, right this second, I'm playing Immortals Phoenix Rising because you suggested it to me and it looked fine. Do you listen but- to everything I say? I listened to this particular thing that you said, but <laughs> I I'm a single player RPG deep narrative gamer.
1: Yeah. So, you guys can't see but we're looking at video right now as we're recording this and behind Kate is a <laughs> is that five panels? Like five, yes, it's panel, five panels uh like this sunset picture with characters from Red Dead Redemption 2.
0: It's a beautiful uh, thing. It is a cool. like
1: mosaic painting, kind of thing.
0: It was a Christmas present. Yeah, last Christmas.
2: So, <laughs> big fan of Red Dead.
0: Yeah, that's probably my favorite game of all time.
2: Why? Red Dead Two. Yes, or Red Dead One.
0: Red Dead Two. I did play Red Dead One, and it's a really good game, but Red Dead Two will always have a place in my heart just because the storytelling is masterful. It's a beautiful, realistic world where it really encourages kind of the creative and wandering soul by just giving you this whole world and it's like go explore all this beautiful stuff see what happens when you look around you might find a serial killer you might find (laughs) a you know all this random stuff that happens in the world just but you won't ever find it if you don't go out and look and find stuff you won't ever see this Mm -hmm. house that has been blown apart by an asteroid and it's (laughs) Currently sitting on top of three people. He would never find that if he didn't go and look. And yep. I just love this story. I'm a fan of stories that have a lot of melancholy in them. So even though mm. it destroys my heart and soul to experience it, I'm like, ooh, that was good. Mm. I am dead inside now, but that was good. That was <laughs> a really good story. You're red dead inside. You're red I'm dead I'm red dead inside. inside. <laughs> That's good. That's you also a...
2: <laughs> uh, accidentally commit a lot of, I mean, purposely, I guess, too, but accidentally, I did yeah. anyway, accidentally committed a lot of crimes in Red yeah. Dead Redemption 2.
0: Yeah. that. Um,
2: <sighs> in fact, I think we read an article at yes. Nerd that was like, crimes we accidentally committed. And they're so Redemption.
0: true. It's, a, it's like, that's the universal experience with Red Dead 2. Some people, you know, had issues with the way the story ended in XYZ, but- You've probably all punched your horses on accident at least once.
2: There was some button that was very close to another button that was like draw your draw your weapon versus like you know pat your horse or something. Yep, (laughs) and you'd be trying to like calm your horse down, and accidentally (laughs) you pull your weapon in the middle of the you know and shoot at somebody, and then all of a sudden, and you're
0: like, I was just trying to brush and feed my horse. Everyone, please come
2: yep. down. And you murder a lot of horses. Well, I yeah. shouldn't say murder, but it just kind of happens like you'll be like sprinting away out of town and you accidentally run your horse into a boulder or something. Yeah.
0: Or over <laughs> a cliff that you didn't see.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <sighs>
0: I get so bummed.
2: You know, with Immortals, you can just sprint those animals off the cliff and, and jump and fly. Matter, yeah. <laughs> it really was a
0: weight removed when I the game that I played after Red Dead, whichever it was, where you didn't really have to worry about the horse so much. It was just kind yeah. of mm. there. Like Assassin's Creed Valhalla, which I loved. I'm like, this horse is great and nothing's going to happen to it. <laughs> <laughs> it's impossible for me to accidentally hurt
4: it.
2: Yeah, I didn't have to name it or anything. Yeah,
4: they already came with a yeah. name. What up, nerd? Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Love Thy Nerd Podcast Network. We hope you're enjoying it. But hey, did you know that Love Thy Nerd airs almost all of its podcasts first on LTN Radio? That's right. LTN Radio is your home for the best Christian rock, rap, pop, and indie music. And it's also the place to go to hear Love Thy Nerd's content before it reaches the podcast feed. In addition to that, Love Thy Nerd creates a lot of content that's exclusive to LTN Radio that you're missing out on. So go check out LTNOnAir.com and listen for yourself. You can also download the Live 365 app on your smartphone and search in Favorite LTN Radio or enable the LTN Radio skill on your Echo devices and simply ask Alexa to play Love Thy Nerd. Now let's get you back to that podcast.
1: What uh what got you into games or when did you get into games?
0: I feel like I've been into games on and off since I was a kid, but I wouldn't I'd never really classified myself as a gamer until probably 2014 when I sat down and realized that I liked Assassin's Creed and I played all of them back to back. (laughs) But as a kid, we had really strict screen time rules. Mm Mm-hmm maybe like 45 minutes a day or something. I don't remember exactly, but it was looking. Now I'm like, 45 minutes? That's not enough time to get anything done. Are you kidding Mm -hmm. me? (laughs) (laughs) It was kind of like that whole thing. So we played Mm -hmm. more like short game stuff that, you know, wasn't super.
2: This was because of your grandpa's influence. Well... I was worried about that third eye. Yeah, the TV
0: eye, he called it. I don't... (laughs) I think that was his, it was his response to us playing. There was this browser game called Yoda Stories that my brother and I were super into. It's really lame. Don't Never look it up. It, <laughs> <laughs> has bad, it has really bad ratings. But that we were into RuneScape and Neopets, stuff oh, like man. that you could Let's kind of go. like work on when you could for whatever amount of time, trying to get a level 99 wood chopping skill in RuneScape. A waste of time. Nothing really like benefits from that.
2: Yoda Stories looks amazing. I just looked it up. <laughs>
0: you'll have to to try it out and I can guarantee you you won't get TVI from it look at me now
2: oh yeah look at you now
0: yeah and my grandma not the grandma married to this grandpa with the TVI grandma on the other side bought us grandkids a Playstation 1 so that we would hang out in her house more but the thing is oh she kept
1: it at her house
0: she kept it at her house wow and she put it in the room placement was very particular because she put it in this room that she knew we were afraid of so we, <laughs> if we wanted to play Crash Bandicoot and Spyro the Dragon, big brain
2: grandparents we would there. have
0: to go in that scary haunted room.
2: <laughs> <laughs> like that furnace and Home Alone.
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so,
1: was uh, PlayStation the first console you had or did you have something before that?
0: That was the first console. we had. My brother and I had Game Boys that we had to save up and buy with our own money because our parents were like, if you want something like that, you're using your own monies." Mm-hmm. Like no, all the other kids at school, their parents pay for it, <laughs> even though we don't know that. <laughs> yeah. So we had Game Boys, Game Boy Advances. I've always mm-hmm. had. Since then, I've tried to always have like one console and one handheld device.
2: Mm-hmm. That's funny. So, like right now, I have that's to funny PS4 that and the y- Switch. your grandma like supplied your first console essentially. Yeah. Because like when growing up, uh, we, I think we had like a computer when I was a kid, but it was like. You know, a massive, like, computer yeah. that couldn't do much. Yeah. Um, but uh, my mom bought a Nintendo, uh, an NES, under the idea that she and my dad would play it. Like, she <laughs> bought it for her. Like, she thought this would be fun for me <laughs> and my dad. And then they played, like, Mario three or four times. And my brother and I basically took it over. It was, like, <laughs> became our Nintendo, it. you know? Yeah, yeah. So... Yeah, and then. And she's still like, when I play games with my mom, she'll be like, can we play the original Mario? <laughs> every once in a while, she'll ask me uh, if we can Aww, play Mario that's together. Cute. Yeah. Precious. What a good mom.
0: Yeah. And the first time, yeah, because that, that PlayStation one lived at my grandma's, and my brother and I were like, we want a console at home. And we went through this phase where we were super into Dance Dance Revolution. We uh-huh. would go to the bowling alley. And play Dance Dance Revolution at the bowling alley. (laughs) So, my parents bought a PlayStation 2 and Dance Dance Revolution and the mats and stuff because it was like healthy. Yeah, Yeah. it was healthy, so we could play at home. Yeah. Yeah. What they didn't know is if you unplug the mat and plug a handheld normal controller in, you can just press the buttons (laughs) to do it.
2: (laughs) It's probably like way easier. It is. It's really fun
0: because you can play on like ultra hard and stuff where it's physically almost impossible to do it.
2: And there's like all these indie. D- designers and developers and stuff that have figured out ways to program those pads to to play other games on them and stuff. <laughs> like somebody has like uh beaten Dark Souls, I think, oh, using yeah. the dance. That is the,
0: so you know, amazing! The, like the I, dance I would Revolution love pad. to see that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> They've done it with the uh, Donkey Kong drums. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, people are wild. nuts.
0: Yeah, seriously. Um,
1: Dude, leave it to gamers to find a way out of exercising.
0: Yeah,
2: <laughs> it's interesting go. that you share about like having pretty strict limits on how much you could play games. Because, uh, like, I think about that now with my kids. We definitely try to like limit the amount of time they play games. But I remember growing up, like, my parents hardly ever told me. Parents <laughs> never can't, even talked to me. So, <laughs> <laughs> like, I know there were times when they were annoyed with the amount of time uh-huh. I played video games and stuff. But there were definitely like weekends where I just played video games like the entire weekend.
0: <laughs> and um, look at you,
1: man! You turned out just
2: fine. <laughs> yeah, you don't have I a eye okay. either. Or you're you're just fine. I just don't have a third eye. <laughs> um, but uh it, it is weird how that's changed. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, but, but not for you. It was always restricted for you. It's
0: always been uh, restricted.
2: <laughs> <laughs> was that like a also like a religious thing? Did you grow up uh, in the church?
0: I did, but I think. The game. Well, now that you mention it, maybe it's all tied together. Maybe because, yeah. So I grew up in the church. My parents, grandparents, everybody. You know, that's just what we did: was go to church on Sunday. As my brother and I got older, we're like, we don't want to. My mom's like, as long as you live under this house, Sundays we go to church. We're like, no, but would go. You know, and sit there like, (laughs) yeah, sit there like really mad. (laughs) But. (laughs) Yeah, I it's... always tried to
2: sleep when I was a kid. When I, my my parents would make me go to church, and I would tr- like lay my head on the pew in front of me <laughs> and try to sleep. And then like you'd start nodding off, and I'd hit my head on the on the <laughs> on the edge, uh, like the the hymnal rack, you know. This but bo- mm, underneath yep. the mm-hmm, yeah mm-hmm. yeah, and my mom would get mad.
0: Yeah, and I think that that did play into. Like the strictness of everything. I remember being in fifth yeah. grade, and the first Harry Potter movie was out on VHS, and everyone we were going to watch <laughs> it as a class in fifth grade, and my mom said no, and I was the only one that had the permission slip and said no, and <laughs> they I was didn't like, didn't get why? your
2: permission slip. Oh, oh. Wow. Yeah, I'm
0: like, I'm like, why, why, why would you do this? She's like, because this you're is- like
2: Harry Potter. Yeah, who couldn't get you know the Dursleys to sign I his slip to go to the- Hogsmeade. Yeah, and wow, Drew, that was. <laughs> <laughs> that's some deep cuts there my man it was Listen, i was so
0: mad and i've then, got those
2: books memorized basically
0: my mom realized that i was the only one she's like well there's witchcraft i'm like it's not real mm-hmm. like having that whole like conversation yeah so she finally caved and let me see it and i loved it because i'd been reading the books in school because she didn't secretly yeah she didn't <laughs> want the books at home and i was like i've read all the books they're fine trust me <laughs> So, wow. just an, an interesting. And I've talked to my mom about stuff like that and about video games and her thoughts on things now. And she's like, we didn't know at the time. People were at church and stuff, and just in life were saying that's bad. That's like not mm-hmm. Christian. You know, don't let your kids mm-hmm. around Harry Potter because it's witchcraft. So, we did what we thought was best based off the information we had. Now, I probably wouldn't do that because I know differently. But at the time, yeah. you know, the context.
1: I do think, like, that's really helpful to hear from her through you. Um, I think we could – I'm actually saying this to myself as much as I'm saying it to anybody listening. Like, cut our parents some slack when it comes to that stuff because, like, yeah. they yeah, didn't definitely. have the the information access that we have now. Like, we can go – Google whatever we want and find infinite amounts of information on that thing Mm -hmm. from infinite points of view. But yeah, back then it was like what Sally at church said about this thing. It was like, they just, they were doing their best with what they had.
3: I mean, think about my own parents,
1: like, and how they, you know, how strict they were about that stuff. But yeah, I think it, a lot of that just comes out of ignorance, not in a mean way, but just they didn't know. And it was such a new Yeah, there was no
0: other phenomena. sources to read about it. There was, yeah, that was it. Yeah. And it was the same thing with Dungeons and Dragons. My uncle mm-hmm. used to love playing Dungeons and Dragons and everyone was like, oh, you know, like your mm-hmm. uncle, he's playing Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, he. <laughs> yeah. It's like when I saw him, he was just sitting there eating Cheetos What's the, what's, what do you mean? Ashley always tells the story
1: of the first time she saw me play D and D when we first got married and she's like, it looked so boring. It just looked like a meeting. (laughs) Like they were just in a meeting with like pencils and paper. And she's like, it looked awful. like just so boring. Like you're not wrong. Like it is kind of just a business
2: meeting. You guys get together and for fun, you you write stuff on paper yeah, and, and sit around <laughs> and do math. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yes. Yeah. And yeah. my mom, she's a, she's a therapist in the Colorado Springs area. And she's told me that there is such a need for kids who just want to be understood with their nerdy passions. Mm. Like that's mm-hmm. all they want is to not be like, Harry Potter. Are you kidding me? It's like nobody like, they just want to be loved and encouraged mm-hmm. in their nerdiness. It's like, you like Fortnite? Cool. You know, what do you like about it? Like all this mm-hmm. stuff. And my mom's like every, cl- well, not every client, but a lot of the clients that come in, they're just, that's all they want. And it's so sad. And mom, my mom's like, I don't know how to talk video games with the kids. Like, mm-hmm. I don't really know what to say to that, but it is a huge, huge need.
2: Yeah. For sure. Yeah, and I think like, uh, you know, it's it's really easy to, um, I don't know, just to get antagonistic with your kids about stuff like this mm-hmm. because, um, because there are reasons to be like concerned. Like I look back on it and I'm like, I can't believe my parents. But it was the same thing. It was the same thing. Like they didn't, I don't know, they didn't know that it's probably not a good idea to let your kid play games for, you know, seven hours in one sitting or something. Um, you know, and so like for me and my wife now, we, my wife, especially probably we reads way too much about, (laughs) about child (laughs) development and things like we know way more than we need to, honestly. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, we really need, I think there's those old habits though, misinformation that we have and, and an overabundance of of information about Mm -hmm. this kind of stuff, um, I think still paralyzes people. So even though we know more now. I think we're in this weird place now where we n- we have all this information, but we still don't really know mm-hmm. how to make sense of it.
0: It puts people in that position where it's like, okay, now there's a lot of information here, different sides. What is valid? Mm-hmm. And like, yep. how do I tell what is a good source? How do I tell how mm-hmm. to kind of integrate that into life?
2: Yep. Which is like, I think a testimony to, or speaks to why I love Niner nerd is important. Not that we have the answers to all those questions. But I think we try to take a posture of like, hey, we'll help you think through mm-hmm, that. Definitely. And we'll try to get you the best information. We'll try to be balanced. you know. Um, people need guides today because um, there's <laughs> because of our overabundance yeah. of information. And mm-hmm. we need people who can guide us and say like, hey, I'm going to help you try to make responsible choices and help you think about your neighbor and help you, um, you know, engage these things in a way that's healthy yeah and life-giving and whatever else hey
4: everyone i'm radio matt from the back row morning show and i've got your five random facts cruise ships have morgues that can store up to 10 bodies at once the average amount of people that die on cruise ships per year is 200 sorry mo small as they may be ladybugs have a unique smell that humans are incredibly sensitive to During World War II, a U.S. naval destroyer won a battle against a Japanese submarine by throwing potatoes at them. The Japanese thought they were grenades. A man with severe OCD and a phobia of germs attempted to commit suicide with a gun to his head. Instead of killing him, the bullet eliminated his mental illness without any other damage. And lastly, vanilla flavoring is sometimes made with the urine of beavers. For more facts and other hilarious nonsense, join me and Mo for the Back Row Morning Show at 7 a.m. and again at 9 a.m. Eastern every Monday through Thursday, right here on LTN Radio.
1: So, growing up uh, in church, what was that like? I mean, you kind of mentioned a little bit of, like, you just didn't want to go or it was boring or whatever. Like, was there a point where that changed? What was that like? Like, talk about that.
0: I remember I was a really good Sunday school student up until (laughs) maybe fourth grade. Mm -hmm. And then we ended up switching churches from the church that I'd grown up in to one in a different city because we moved.
1: And are these like non-denominational churches? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Non-denominational. Non-denom.
0: Yep, the non-denom. So, Mm -hmm. and I kind of fit in, I guess, sort of. Well... (laughs) The driving force for my brother and I to participate in this middle school youth group and like late uh, elementary school youth group was that they had Xboxes with Halo. <laughs> and then they got a set of three I'm seeing game like cubes. a recurring
1: theme here is that you have to be bribed with a console to go somewhere.
0: Basically. And then they even had DDR and my brother would play DDR and I'd play DDR and would be all sweaty like sitting through the sermon. <laughs> <And> <laughs> So like that was cool. And then it was around that time that I started getting into music where I'd been into music before. Like I started in getting involved when I was like six or something with piano and then later violin and mandolin. Mm -hmm. But around that time I was starting to get into guitar and I'm like, there's a youth group band here. I should try to play with them. Then I can learn a bunch of stuff. So I started Mm -hmm. playing with them and it was fine. And then I started playing drums. I'm like, I guess I could play drums here. Started doing that. And then it all went downhill like really bad to where like (laughs) it it still annoys me to this day, even though it happened so long ago, but. (laughs) So they would, I don't, mm, I guess it was on purpose. Low key like bullying me, like telling me to show Mm. up at places, for it to do worship stuff. And then I'd show up and they'd be like, you're not playing, get out of here. Like that kind of.
1: Ooh. They, is the, they like the, the adults,
0: the worship leaders, which I put in quotes because they uh-huh. were probably high school students. So there was no wow, adult okay. supervision of any of this really just my mom would come to drop me off and I'd have to, I'd call her 10 minutes later and I'd be really sad. Like all this, oh and it, it was really, it was really not cool. Like,
1: and you it were, was, this was high school or before This that?
0: was uh, middle school for me. Wow, okay. So probably mid to late, probably eighth grade for me. Mm-hmm. I was so sad, like, because I felt like I'd finally found some kind of way that I fit into church
3: mm-hmm.
0: besides the consoles something else with, with, with a music where it was like a meaningful kind of way to engage. And then these people who I thought were supposed to be nice because they're church people were being jerks to me. And it was like, I get bullied Mm -hmm. enough at Mm -hmm. school. I don't come here to get bullied. Are you kidding me? So my mom and my grandparents went and talked to the lead pastor and were like, Hey, we have some concerns about stuff with the youth group, you know, that kind of conversation. And he's like, well, I don't you know, have anything to do with that whatever like some (laughs) super lame response where it's like hello you're in charge of this stuff are you not like what and so my mom told me you have this choice you can either keep playing with these guys or you can stop it's your choice it's up to you you know and I decided I wasn't gonna play with them because it was really not cool and I laid in my bed Mm. and cried for like four days on and off just super sad and I'm like I'm never Mm. gonna get to play the drums or get to play music again these guys but you showed
2: them wrong. Showed oh, did wrong. you ever show them?
0: <laughs> I showed them wrong, but if not, that was another thing that I tried to sabotage for myself as well. But <laughs> I, yeah, so that happened. And then there's this recurring theme, especially looking back, where it's like I might have not been super into church and been like about that, but there was undeniably a recurring theme of God doing stuff
3: hmm.
0: for me and giving yeah. me stuff, basically. That at at the time, I was kind of like, oh, you know, whatever. But now looking back, it's really profound, at least to me. And Mm -hmm. so after that church experience, I'm like, I don't even want to go to this church anymore. These people are whack. like (laughs) I had a bad taste about church people because of the whole bullying in church thing. Mm -hmm. So I was really offended about it. Um, Then a couple months later, my mom found this thing in the newspaper that said there was a program... Uh, for kids who want to play music. Mm-hmm. like And she asked me if I wanted to do it, and I said, sure. So I did it, met some really cool people. That closed down. Another one opened that was basically, or no, not basically, it was a school of rock, mm-hmm. like a real school of rock. So
1: Was Jack Black there?
0: He wasn't there. Um, I, <laughs> no, I never saw him there.
1: It's disappointing.
0: I would have loved to have seen him there. Yeah. <laughs> and while I was at this school, that stuff went by really fast. So I'd been playing drums for maybe a year and these guys came, these random guys came and my friend who was the music director was like, all right, you guys, you got to play a couple songs for these guys. I'm like, who are these guys? They're dressed like they go to a prep school. I don't know. It was an odd (laughs) thing to see there. So we played Mm -hmm. a bunch of music for them and then they said, oh, we're scouts from Disney and we're here to find girl musicians. I'm like, oh, that's nice and kind of just left. (laughs) because I didn't want anything to do and with it. And you were it. like
2: 15, 16 at this time? I was
0: 15. Time?
2: But that didn't like uh so you just thought that was oh whatever. Yeah. You didn't <laughs> that that wasn't like oh
0: this is going to be my break or something. No. I
2: guess you weren't no. really thinking in that way, huh?
0: <laughs> no, and then <laughs> this is another thing where and at this time I was super shy. I was not like uh-huh. I am now. Really shy, soft spoken, kind of like kind of oh, kind of like Eeyore. <laughs> Yeah. And, <laughs> so this time they're like, "Oh, gave gave me some paperwork and emailed my mom or something saying, "Here's the audition information." I'm like, "That's a bunch of, you know, I'm not going to do that. It's dumb." It was a collaboration with Walt Disney Records and the Go-Go's to make like a new version of the Go-Go's for a Disney audience. I'm like, "I don't yeah. I don't like the Go-Go's. I don't <sighs> Was kind of like that about it. The email said, "Dress like really cute and '80s whatever," and I didn't do that. <laughs> I, w- I went to the to the audition. There was a bunch of songs we had to learn. Some were go go. Some were like other covers of like female rock artists. And I really put up a fight against learning the songs. It's like why. I don't know. I don't have the answers as to why. You tried
2: really hard not to get this gig. Yeah,
0: Yeah, I did. I showed up. (laughs)
1: Which, if anyone's listening that didn't get the gig and just mad that Kate got it, sorry. (laughs) She didn't. She didn't actually want it.
0: I really didn't want it. I, I just didn't want. I mean, I did learn the songs to perfection in the end because I'm like, well, I can't. You know, that's a little too low for me to just show up not even knowing the songs. So yeah. I, you
2: were a very, t- typically a pretty prepared, yes. organized mm-hmm. person. Yes, so, but I'm,
0: I'm very resistant to change. So I'm like, well, I don't want, anything, yeah. you know, I showed up, I played the songs. And then one of the guys that was there at the audition came out and was like talking to me while we were still in like the audition room. And a couple of members of the Go-Go's were there and he got his guitar out. And I was like, sweet, this is so much fun. And we were like playing. And then I went out of the room. My mom, my mom asked how it went. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> I had fun, like. (laughs) And there was another audition after that to kind of weed people out. Again, I did not dress in the wardrobe they wanted because I'm like, that's dumb. I'm not going to do that. There's a video of me in the audition playing the drums. I'm frowning. (laughs) I'm actively frowning. It's really.
1: I'm not enjoying this. I'm mad.
0: So then they said, okay, you, you girls are it. Like, you got the gig. And I went out in the hallway and was like. This is the worst day of my life. Like, oh my god! It was so. There was a lot of drama about it. I'm like, I don't. Mm. That was
1: the day you became a Disney princess.
0: That was the day, but yeah. it was the shove that I needed to start becoming more like a human being instead of an Eeyore, depressed, quiet person. Mm-hmm. I mean, not that it's bad. It's not yeah. bad to be quiet not bad to be depressed but it was like i was just stagnant sitting there
1: it just kind of brought
2: you out of your shell
0: it did it forced me to
2: because mm-hmm. then so you you ended up being a part of this disney band mm-hmm. uh tell us what it was called again
0: it was it was called ksm the end evolution of it was called ksm if you look it up um you will see pictures of a terrorist if you keep scrolling, <laughs> you might see pictures of me so if you're gonna <laughs> Google it, just put KSM band just to be safe. Yeah.
1: KSM band.
0: KSM Band and What did the KSM
1: it, stand for?
0: I don't know. They said You never found that out. No, they said um your band name's gonna be KSM, turn it into a text acronym. Because we couldn't decide on a name, so they said that. <laughs> and Okay. Yeah. I did the craziest stuff in this Like looking at me now and looking at me before, you'd be like, there is no way that you would ever do that or could ever do that. But <laughs> I, I did it and it was hugely beneficial to me. Yeah. And the coolest yeah. part was I had really solid people that I found that were around me. Some of them Christians, some of them not, but either mm-hmm. way, just good influences, solid people who were like, Hey, that behavior that you see right there is not good. Don't ever do that. I'm like, okay.
2: Hmm. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Stuff like, so you like toured and <laughs> yes. the whole thing, like, played on Good Morning America. Like, this was a big, yes. a big thing. It
0: was a a big deal, much bigger than the church youth group. So it was kind of a, a thing <laughs> to me. It's like, see, look, you can play drums again. You will yeah. play drums again, just because the youth group. You know that. Did thing you that ever really go back
2: to the? Did you ever go back to the youth group band and be like, hey, <laughs> yeah. um, do you guys need a drummer? It's like, and like I'm then pretty they're like, yeah, woman. totally. And then you're like, oh, actually, sorry, I'm. I got it's this like the pretty a woman
1: thing where there. they <laughs> won't let her shop at that store and then she comes back.
0: Yeah. There was but like this, the
1: church youth group drum version.
0: We did this show. We were on tour with Demi Lovato and we did this show in Arizona and two people who had been at the like leaders of the youth group at that time were there and they messaged me and asked if they could come to the show to see me play. Wow. I'm like, this is really weird. It's like, do I want and you to- You're like,
2: sorry, I don't have any extra tickets.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's all sold out. I went yeah. back and forth <laughs> with it. Cause it's like, do I want to be petty and just ignore it, or like that doesn't seem right? So they yeah. came and watched.
1: It. Look at you being. And it a was in person. some. It was
0: like it was in an arena, so it was a big show. And then mm-hmm. after all those shows, we would do meet and greets that would be two or three hours long. So they waited two or three hours after the show until we finished with everybody, and then came up to talk to me. And I'm like, this is super weird.
3: Yeah. Wow. That's why you wild. guys
0: let me get bullied, but at the same time, welcome. Yeah. <laughs> it just yeah. made me think uh, about that.
1: What was the biggest show you played? Do you remember? How many people?
0: Um Yes, because you it opened was, for Jonas too, it right? It was a sold out it was a Jonas Brothers show. That was the biggest one we ever played. It was at this venue that Matt Warmbier likes, but it got ripped down called the Joe the Joe Lewis Arena in Detroit. And that thing holds like 19,000 people and then they were packed. It was sold out. Yeah. That was one of the weirdest, wildest experiences ever. Because you can't see anyone or hear. All you hear is just like. (sighs) Like. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You you can't see or hear anyone. So that was pretty wild. We did some shows with them. They were our management or their management team was our management team mm-hmm and yeah it's just weird. so
2: you like bumped elbows with like some super famous people like the Jonas Brothers are massive Demi Lovato like pretty big deal like was that um I don't know what was that like did but because it seems like I don't know you you strike me as someone who's pretty down to earth and is just not like phased by that whole world like maybe i'm wrong but like i just feel like if i was in that situation i'd be like oh i've you know it would like consume me and i would want to become i've actually seen like, drew
1: in that situation on this podcast with certain guests that we
2: have i've seen happy acts so i'd want to like figure out some way to become
0: jordan jonas or something <laughs> you know, something, so you to, know. Drew. drew jonas yeah yeah i it, it doesn't really phase me i i don't really get starstruck or because at the end of the day they are just another human i'm like and i see them as that not that the things that they've done aren't like killer and awesome because they are but at the end of the day they're just another person like me i see them eating breakfast lunch and dinner because i'm in there for breakfast Mm -hmm. lunch and dinner i know their whole crew and their whole like team just another person just another human which it's so wild to then be like, okay, this is just an ordinary human who has like a talent or sometimes no talent these days. And, <laughs> oh. you, just, <laughs> and you just put them on a stage in front of people. And it's this weird transformative experience. Mm-hmm. It's, it's hardcore. It's really hard. And I have pity not the word empathy, sympathy for everyone in that industry, because it is hard to get through it. Mm-hmm. Like, like, knowing with, with without, are, losing some of, without losing yeah, some without your yeah who you are what you are all the, it is so hard
2: <laughs> mm-hmm.
3: that's
0: that's why it's like i felt fortunate to have people around me who would be honest with me not just say yes mm. and would point out stuff like hey you did this it was really jacked up Mm. Like you need yeah. to go apologize to so and so. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. it didn't even occur to me. Yeah, anymore.
2: I was just I was thinking about that the other day. I was I can't remember what I was listening to. I was listening to a podcast where they're talking about child stars. You know, like so many of them struggle. And I think it's easy for us from the outside looking in, going like, oh gosh, come on. If I had that much fame and money, like <laughs> I would not.
0: Like it'd be so. I would easy, not do. Like...
2: Yeah, I would. I would use it well, but the reality is it's like just young people like like your brains not even fully formed yeah, until you're exactly. like 20 or 25 I think. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I was yeah.
0: 15 when I started. When we were touring at our most heaviest, I was like 17 and 18. There were a couple people in my band who were younger. So when I was 15, mm-hmm. they were 13 and 14 yeah I can't
2: did you see some of that like some of this going to their heads and sort of like jacking I, with their what who I, they were
0: what I saw the most was just the struggle to be like who am I in this environment like
3: mm-hmm.
0: who I'm 14 years old or 15 years old we're doing all this stuff uh, what does that mean for my life Yeah, By just a lot of uncertainty mostly and that teenage struggle to like find out who you are on steroids mm-hmm. <laughs> and then having yeah. to amplify that for the camera and stuff. Yeah. Really hard so, to do.
1: Oh, it's what grosses me out about that is Disney doesn't care. Like the, the, the executives, their bottom line is the, the dollar, the money. And so for them coming in there, You know, I think of these two guys you mentioned, I don't know them personally, but the ones that came into like for the auditions or whatever. Yeah. Like they're not coming in there thinking about any of that stuff. Like, oh, who are these as who are they as people? How can we mentor them and, you know, help Mm -hmm. them become these, you know, wonderful people of contributing members of society. Like they're just, how can we make money? Yeah. And everything else be damned, you know? Like you think about I don't know somebody like Shia LaBeouf or these people that have just spiraled <laughs> out
0: thought it because
1: <laughs> all of, that's the first person that comes to mind because yeah. like
2: I actually really like him. And he was great in Peanut Butter Falcon. Dude, so. I
1: love him. I think he's awesome. But the dude, I mean, yeah, he can't stay out of the headlines because of just it's his life hard, spiraling really hard, and mm-hmm. it's because I mean I'm so glad to hear. And to know you, Kate, but to hear like you had people, thank God, around yeah. you that did have your best interest at heart, mm-hmm. not their best interest or Disney's best interest. You yeah,
0: know? and <clears throat> most of my other bandmates had a parent with them because of their age. Mm-hmm. And technically, I was underage, but both my parents were working full time. So they're mm-hmm. not gonna, you know, quit. My dad's not gonna stop being a dentist, so he can come on the road with me for three months. That's mm-hmm. not how, yeah. you know, it's gonna go down.
2: So they would, but a lot of a lot of parents do. Yes, of child it stars, very, you know, very and common, like
0: very live
2: vicariously through them.
0: Very common, and so one of the other girls' moms was technically my like guardian, hmm. but these, and it was two guys in particular that really stepped up and were like. If you were my kid, I would not like let you be in this position or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it was not their job, it was not their responsibility at all. Like these are two guys who are roadies who were That's investing cool. in my life and my well-being mm-hmm. and saying, "You know what? Let them do that. How about we go get pizza?" And I was like, "Yay, pizza." <laughs> <laughs> But it's so yeah. important to have that. And not everybody mm-hmm. even gets, not everybody has those people around them. Not everybody can find those people. So I look back at that mm-hmm. and was like, that's what helped me be sane in a situation where it was like, this is a business. You girls are a business. Yeah,
3: yeah. Mm-hmm. Your band
0: is a business and all of you are entrepreneurs. So let's get to work.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, to, yeah, for sure. Saying that to 15, 16, and 17.
0: Year yeah. Olds.
2: yeah. Like, so when did you like... Yeah. Bow out of that world, or how did you transition out of that into like the real world? <laughs> I, yeah, it was really- <laughs> not that that's not the real world, it, it, but no, you know what you're I mean.
0: Right, it, it's not. It's it's a total other thing, and that's why right now in the pandemic, all these guys who are who work on the road are struggling to do normal jobs because it's so yeah. different. It's I know friends, a friend who just can't get a normal job and keep keep it down because mm-hmm. it's not what they're used to at all.
2: Yeah. So Yeah, I mean I live in Nashville, so oh. a big music city and like it's our city's really hurting because yeah. of COVID obviously because there's yeah. so many entertainers and musicians and songwriters that live here.
0: Yeah. yeah. But I was getting bored with it because we had been there's a saying called hurry up and wait. So that was a <laughs> lot of what our project was, like hurry 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 wait work your butts off for two years in a row, nonstop, wait, hurry up, wait. I'm like, Oh gosh, I just want to like go to college and learn about something else. So (laughs) that's what I did. (laughs) I applied to a university and I got in and was like, bye, (laughs) I'm going to go do this now. And then I did it and it was the roughest transition. Mm. It was really rough. Like just, Going home every day and not having to just wake up and then leave and then come back or being gone for long periods of time. It's just like staying in one place. I felt like I was going insane. Hmm. So I just worked really hard at school to like try to distract myself from that feeling of I shouldn't be just sitting here. I should be going and doing something. Yeah. Even though going to school is something, but it was just not what I was used to. And I hadn't played drums for a while. At that point, there some time had passed, and I don't remember what else. We had been doing some other stuff that, didn't, that wasn't actually like a show, so I wasn't playing. And I got a call from somebody from another church here who I'd kind of heard of from another place. All good things, nothing bad. And he was like, do you want to play drums at this church? I was like, sure. And then I hung up the phone and immediately regretted it. Just... Like how could I be so dumb to get myself in that situation <laughs> again? It's the same thing again. What
1: So had you not played for church since I
0: hadn't played the for middle church school thing? since the middle school thing.
1: And you're like what age now at this point? Like 24
0: or 23? Probably no, 19 or 20. Oh, okay. 19 or 20. And I was a hot mess just like oh <laughs> just like there was a lot of stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Just in my head, stuff like the whole adjustment, mm-hmm. then going back yep. to church, sort of. These people mm-hmm. were like, come play. I played and I had a great time that first time. And also, who played that first day that I played was uh, Stephen, who is now my husband. <laughs> That's how we met. Got him. Yeah, got him. And I, what does he play? He plays the bass.
2: Nice. I still um, have I
1: have dreams of forming a band with Kate and Steven someday. Yeah. I just want to play. That actually it
0: might be fun. Then we could play games play after.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> we'll just do some like lo fi video. You can game call music. it KYR. Yeah, K just don't tell anyone what it stands for. Okay.
0: So that was I, I was super against it. It's like I wanted to play music at these at this place with this fun person who was like a killer music director, has a lot of the same music experience as me. And honestly, it was another example of like God put the right person there. The only person who could get through to me was this individual who had the same <coughs> music experience, could talk to me on that level, but could also talk to me on like a spiritual level who had a gift of mm. helping People like long term come to terms with the fact that like Jesus loves them,
2: mm. mm-hmm. and that was that was Stephen. that, was that, Stephen that did that for was you. Not Stephen. <laughs> oh. oh, sorry. I thought <laughs> no, that you Stephen, were talking about. I was Stephen's like, wow. just eye candy.
3: Stephen at that just time
0: was also having a rough time in life. But so this person kind of did that for both of us. As and, said, and this uh, was—he nice. was
1: the worship director, like the creative yes. director there or something.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. And um, I would roast him every Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> it was <laughs> it was the best but like that's what i needed at that time was someone to mm. understand what i'd been through say here's how that fits in the context of worship music here mm-hmm. here's how christianity really is as someone who lives it out like this person would never bully me in that way never
3: mm-hmm. mm. And he would
0: make fun of me, but never bully me. So he (laughs) kind of set an example for like, all of us were like younger people in the band set an example for how that's really supposed to be like for real supposed to be. And we were like, wow, that's kind of weird. never seen that before, which is Mm -hmm. sad, but yeah. And I played at that church for seven years. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: And after I said, I would never go back. And also that it was the worst idea in the world.
1: So that's kind of what got you back into church and sort of on this faith journey.
0: Mm -hmm. And then that's what made me look up religion and video games in the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Because I wouldn't have, without like this person and this transformative church experience that helped me kind of pull it together Mm -hmm. a little, I wouldn't have been able to do game church. I wouldn't have been able to do Love Thy Nerd for sure. Yeah, Not at all.
2: That speaks to like... I don't know just the power of relationships I think because um we have this tendency I think to to assume that people leave the faith or step into it because they had this like and I think there's some truth to it we all come we all have to come to terms with what we believe on some level or else we're just not going to be like true to ourselves we're just going to sort of like and there's a lot of people that do that, too, like that are hypocrites. I mean, this whole story about Ravi Zacharias came out recently, mm-hmm. which illustrates that, I think. Um, his famous apologist who was, um, you know, had abused a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but yeah, like I think we, th- we assume that a lot of people come to faith just because they wrestled with it or they leave the faith because they like – started reading a book by an atheist or something. But the reality is is it's usually tied to relationships. Like somebody really came alongside you and and like actually, you know, lived like like Jesus in a way that was really compelling. Pushed
0: me to address Mm -hmm. the uncomfortable stuff. It was very similar to the relationships that I had when I was on tour. It's that same thing of trying to find those people who will be real with you. Yeah answer your questions, yep. challenge you, be like hey you shouldn't do that because xyz and let you ask all the questions that you want. My whole family thought I was a goner when I went on <laughs> tour and got involved in all this music stuff. They're like she's, you know, she doesn't have TVI, but she's <laughs> going, you know, she's going into a faithless place. She's going to turn into whatever. My dad gave mm. me a bible <laughs> before I left and was like keep this in your suitcase. <laughs> you know, a nice gesture but yeah. at the time I'm like get this out of here come on it's going to be fine yeah. get that Bible out of <laughs> Yeah,
2: like that relative that thinks if you just watch Whatever documentary that they they just watched, that it would totally change your life. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, or if you just, they give you, instead of telling you what they really think, they just yeah. give you a book. Or <laughs>
0: like, I
1: watched I Super Size it. Me and I still love McDonald's. Okay.
0: <laughs> Doesn't <laughs> matter. They're bringing back Orange High Sea because I'm excited. Ooh. Mm. You don't like it?
2: But yeah, I think a lot of times, you know, somebody hands you a book, especially a family member, and it feels like, the book is actually titled "Here's What I Think Is Wrong
3: with You." <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. It's a list. Oh, yeah. no. you know what else? I forgot to mention. Hmm. Disney gave me a DS Lite.
2: Nice. Oh wow, <laughs> nice.
0: They were like, "Here, girls, everyone can have a DS Lite, and you get to pick a game." And I looked at all the games. I'm like, "These are all trash." <laughs> but I, totally, I totally <laughs> didn't say anything because you know they don't know.
2: How how long were you know in? Were you in KSM?
0: Ooh. Four years? Four and a half?
2: So four years of your life and all you got was a DS. DS no, I still light. have it. You still get uh you <laughs> still get
1: any royalty checks?
0: No, I've never gotten a royalty check once. No.
1: Oh my goodness. No. Signed a bum deal.
0: No, we're so in debt. <laughs> we, we're not gonna see nothing for ages uh, and ages. <laughs> I'm gonna just
1: Do put w- KSM on repeat on Spotify yeah. for you. <laughs>
2: I mean, you kind of got into this a little bit, but I've never gotten to pick your brain about your KSM days and I find it fascinating. Um, but like you stepped away from that. It seemed like it got boring for you in a way. It wasn't like, it wasn't fulfilling for you, but do you ever like, because I feel like so many people would have a really hard time stepping away Mm -hmm. from that world. Um, does it, do you ever like kick yourself or do you are you pretty happy with the decision um, you made? I'm
0: happy that I made that decision to walk away from that particular project. But every year in the fall time, I get bummed thinking, oh, I want to get back in music and go on tour again because that was so much fun. And like that was the fulfilling part for me was getting to play music every night, go to different mm-hmm. places, have a cool experience That kind of stuff. I love, for me, it was about the music and performing and executing the music and the show to the best of my ability.
2: It's hard
1: to, because you're (laughs) talking about like the music, you know, and Mm -hmm. that part of it. It seems like at least at the level you guys were performing at, it's hard to have that stuff without all the other crap. It is. Like you have to do all the other crap to execute at that level.
0: It is impossible. So it's like, you have to do press stuff you have to get up at two thirty in the morning to do whatever press to have all this drama to have to deal with stuff between a label and the management and certain deals to get the money for the certain people and I'm like, can we just rehearse for about three weeks straight and then leave
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: that that's what I like to do. I'll rehearse all day yeah it's fun uh-huh. for me I like it to be yeah perfect as perfect as possible hmm. and then you take it out and play it for people and see what they think of it yeah see if they hate right, it well
1: this so, fall uh <laughs> this fall kyr is
2: going on tour yeah yes yeah, me okay. kate and steven
0: <laughs> Let's
2: do it. Uh, Spe- speaking tuned. of kyr uh when did you and steven get married
0: 2014
2: okay so uh so y'all basically started dating I guess through this this through playing together. Yeah.
0: Although I knew him for like 2 years before we ever dated or anything.
2: Okay. So this is kind of a deep question but I like to ask yeah, our be. guests this like how has that shaped you? How has being married shaped you as a person?
0: Ooh. I mean, I think about this all the time, but it really showed me how selfish I am.
2: <laughs> mm, it can do that for sure. Yeah. I didn't
0: think I was that bad, but after
2: mm-hmm.
0: getting married.
2: I think I'm still learning that lesson, honestly. Mm-hmm. But
0: well, I've come to the understanding of yes, I'm a selfish person, but I haven't really Nailed the whole okay. Now stop doing that.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, same here. I
0: haven't nailed it, so <laughs> uh-uh. that's gonna be. I mean, we've almost been married seven years. Yeesh, guess you'd yeah. work a little harder on it. <laughs> 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 but we'll have, Steven,
2: we'll have Steven on the next episode. Yeah, and we'll have ask
0: to confirm or deny, yeah. but. Yeah. yeah, and it was...
2: Y'all you have been married longer than um, hundreds of celebrity couples, so... <laughs>
1: That's true. You are like yeah. one of those right. success, the celebrity success oh stories.
0: My gosh. <laughs> God, <man>. Oh, gosh. Oh, jeez.
2: <laughs> was Steven, you mentioned he had a similar experience to you. Was he in like a big band or something? No, before? not
0: so much as that, but just kind of a similar experience in... Being a part Your faith journey. of, yeah, and really choosing to take that on for himself. Like, that's the time, that whole transition when I started playing at this new church, well, new to me church. And it was a challenge because I just wanted to play the drums and not really say that I went there or stick around for anything else. Yeah. <clears throat> and my friend, who was like a mentor to me, said, You have to, you know, make that decision for yourself. And once you make it, then you have to live it. Because he was saying, Mm -hmm. like, your parents, you know, said you grew up in a Christian household, blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, you have to decide to do it yourself. Mm I was like, oh, no. That (laughs) sounds
3: (laughs) hard. That sounds really
0: hard. (laughs) The way my parents, you know, the way I have it right now is nice, but.
2: (laughs) Right. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I can definitely identify with that.
0: Mm -hmm. It's been interesting Interesting life experience. It just looking back on my life, it's like, did I really do that stuff? I don't know. It doesn't really seem like something I'd do. It feels like a lifetime ago. <laughs> it, does. Um, yeah. it does. Yeah.
1: Well, there's internet proof. Just go Google it. <laughs> there's lots of proof. ksm ban. Make sure you put ban in
2: there so you don't get the yeah terrorist you said.
0: Yeah, look it up after this, look it up just without the word band in it. Check
1: it out. Uh well, hey, thanks for all the stories, Kate.
0: Yeah, thanks. That's for like me. stuff that I didn't even know. Listening to my rambling about music and yeah, TVI consoles at my grandma's <laughs> haunted room.
1: I just really want to meet your grandma
3: yeah. and grandpa.
1: Yeah,
2: I'm a little worried about the third eye thing, though. Well, just keep an eye and out to, to watch out for that. Yeah,
0: because, like you said, once it starts, it can't be removed. So.
2: <laughs> Uh, so
1: how can people find you Kate if they want to follow all your escapades
0: oh you can find me on Twitter at Kate dangerous I'm probably the mm-hmm. most active on Twitter with all kinds of things and gaming things and whatever I can shenanigans that I, that just Kate shenanigans shenanigans and Instagram I'm at Kate dangerous as well that's pretty much it and oh, technically if you follow
1: oh, all the love thy nerd stuff you're following Kate
0: Yes, you can do that. Yep, um, you can also find me on the Free Play podcast every Friday on <laughs> Twitch. At twelve PM PST and three PM EST at Twitch.tv/love mm. thy nerd.
2: Love it. Oh, got that all. Great up. plug. And uh, great plug. And you and Steven go on some like really cool road trips to all kinds of places and that I'm they really have jealous the of. Most
1: beautiful dog that has ever <laughs> mm-hmm. lived.
0: I'm surprised you haven't asked about her. her oh name is my Finn. gosh! Um, she's Chris's little friend.
1: She is the love of my life. No offense, <laughs> Ashley, but that animal. Is so precious to me.
3: Mm.
2: I feel similarly about um, Stephen's bike.
0: Well, <laughs> I would say- you could borrow He has it, a really cool it, bike. So <laughs> what would you say? I would say you could borrow it, but he took it away to go ride yeah. that terrible trail. Mm. <sighs> so,
2: Right now, Stephen is is biking on a trail called Suicide something awful. or something. Yeah, other. it's
0: called the Suicide Trail. It's like, why would you say that? <laughs>
3: No, so, thanks. You can follow
0: Stephen on Strava. At- mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well,
2: it's great cool. having you on, Kate. I learned a lot that I did not know about you, and it was really cool to hear your, your kind of faith journey in more mm-hmm. detail. And, um, yeah we're well, definitely you. go check kate out on all the socials and uh and follow us on all the socials yeah, because that's basically kate's hard work yeah. uh, that, that, that goes in all those So <laughs> thanks yeah. kate
0: thank you